0: Hello, I'm Paul Lee and you're listening to Woman Worthy, real talk about real issues for women over 60. If you're over 60, you're still worthy of being heard. You remember that old Neil Sadaka song, don't you? Yes, breaking up is hard to do, and not just the romantic kind, though uh, we can start there. While the U.S. divorce rate may be at a 50-year low, divorce is much more common among those who are 55 years old and older. According to the most recent data from the U.S. Census Bureau, divorce rates were highest, about 43%, among both sexes aged 55 to 64. In their paper, Grade Divorce, a Growing Risk Regardless of Class or Education, Bowling Green State University sociologists Susan Brown and I-Fen Lin say the gray divorce rate has actually doubled since the 1990s and more than doubled for married people aged 65 and older. Yes, Brown and Lynn say um, college-educated Americans have dramatically lower divorce rates than their less-educated counterparts, but only up to a certain age. The protective effects of education don't seem to endure once the uh, kids have flown the coop. In other words, couples in long-term marriages, that's more than 20 years, have perhaps been staying in a less than ideal situation until the children have left, and they're now forging their own single paths. Quoted in a June 2021 online peer-reviewed everyday health article, Dr. Brown, who chairs the sociology department at Bowling Green University in Bowling Green, uh, Ohio, notes that there are probably many factors that contribute to the onset of a so-called gray divorce. Quote, one reason is that the meaning of marriage has shifted Our cultural script or expectations for what constitutes marital success have changed over time. A good marriage is now defined by questions such as, does this marriage make me happier as a person, and is my marriage contributing to my self-fulfillment? If the answer is no, then divorce may be viewed as an acceptable solution. Also, more women are more economically independent now, Brown says, giving them an alternative pathway out of an unsatisfying marriage that women of previous generations may not have had. Divorce or romantic relationship breakups can be very hard on the heart, no matter what our age, but as we grow older, we may be finding that there are several other types of relationships we either need to end or are being ended with us. Isaiah Hankel, PhD, is a Boston-based business and science consultant who writes about professional breakups, but I think we can extend his advice to beyond the workplace. He writes, there's nothing enlightened or morally right about keeping awful people in your professional circle. In fact, Hankel says, keeping these people around makes you a crutch, which enables their behavior and further prevents them from helping themselves and improving their own professional lives. Again, I'd apply this to more than just professional lives. Henkel says, when you come across someone who tries to make you feel guilty for not doing what they want you to do, or someone who subtly undermines you or your goals, or someone who just plain drags you into drama over and over and over again, get rid of them. Just make sure you get rid of them ethically, because unethical ways of ending professional relationships can ruin your health, wealth, and happiness levels. When you walk away, he says, don't cause any drama. Instead, own up to the role you've played in inviting the other person into your professional, or I'm adding here, other circle and in keeping them there. Take responsibility for the part you played in enabling their behavior. Take responsibility for your decision to walk away. Be objective about everyone's position in your work life, he says, and the value, reciprocity, support, and positivity they bring into your life. Be equally objective about the level of negativity, lack of value, and dysfunction that they bring into your life. Be objective about your own contribution to these dynamics. He goes on to say, don't waver and don't have any regrets or guilt. Quote, remember you're eliminating this person from your work life because they are unhealthy for you in some way, or you are unhealthy for them. Either way, they aren't right for you, they aren't right for your purpose, and they aren't right for your career. The key is to use these feelings of joy and of weights being lifted off your shoulders to keep moving forward, unquote. So business relationships aren't the only platonic ones that we may want to end. For example, in their article in The Lily, which is a Washington Post publication described as, quote, a place for the curious-minded and those who want to be heard, unquote. Writers Hannah Good and Anne Brannigan spoke to the owner of a hair salon in D.C. who said it's not unusual for a client to just stop coming in, but she'd prefer knowing why. She'd like the information to help her business grow. Was it something she said or did? She doesn't want to repeat that behavior. Is it because she doesn't offer a specific service? Maybe that could help her expand her business. Rather than the client ghosting, she says she'd prefer that they be more direct. When we think of our most valued relationships, good and Branigan, right, we may think of family, significant others, or best friends. But platonic connections are often the web that binds us to our daily routines and our communities. The babysitter who comes through in a pinch. The work buddy who knows just how you like your coffee. Others, like hairstylists or doctors, help us show up for ourselves. And then there are best friends. In an earlier episode of this podcast on friendships, I talk about my own friendship breakups some I instigated, some instigated by others, and the whys of those breakups and the establishment of new relationships. The bottom line is that when a friendship no longer fits one or the other of you, it may be time to end it. If you're initiating the breakup, there are options on how to do it. You could just let it go. Cancel plans, don't make plans, don't return phone calls or messages, don't initiate them, just, well, ghost. But as we've already noted, that might not be the best or at least the most respectful or ethical or kind way to do it. You could talk about it, about why you're ending things. Um, I know that sounds reasonable and mature, but frankly, it's never worked for me. One very good friend and I actually stayed up all night discussing our relationship Only to find out that in the process, we'd created far more wounds than we'd had at the beginning of the talk. Wounds that never healed. Relationship specialists, psychologists and such, will advise you to be respectful while being honest and firm. They'd counsel you to pay attention to how you deliver the news. They'd also tell you that such breakups are not always permanent. Again, one of my best friends from my youth, from middle school through my 20s, took issue with me and broke off the friendship. While it hurt, I actually always respected her for taking the stand she did. We did remain in touch superficially on and off through the ensuing years. It's just today, in our mid-70s, that we've rediscovered our connection and a true friendship, as she put it, Quote, I guess we're just destined to be friends, unquote. And then there is perhaps the most painful breakup of all, the one with a family member, especially if it's close family. Within the past couple of years, again, using myself as an example, I've had a few of those, and no, they had nothing to do with politics. Once again, one was initiated by someone else, and one I initiated in most societies, the concept of family is sacrosanct. It comes with the sentiments of blood is thicker than water, you can't choose your family, and family is when you show up at the door and they have to let you in. This hasn't been my personal experience. In fact, when I hear a commercial enterprise tout, we treat you like family, I re- I run the other way, no way, I say, treat me like a valued customer, thank you very much. A 2015 U.S. study found that more than 40% of individuals have experienced family estrangement at at least one point in their lives. If you're in a toxic family relationship, you may be staying there for a variety of reasons. You think you have to stay in contact You hope the other person will change. You fear the other person won't survive without you. You're afraid of the repercussions if you break up. No matter. Relationship experts say maintaining a toxic relationship can have serious consequences on your mental and physical well-being. And cutting ties may be the healthiest response. It's not a win-win, though. It's easier said than done and it does come with consequences. Yes, I felt liberated when I did the tie cutting, but very hurt when I was on the receiving end. Research shows the most common reasons people cut family ties include sexual, physical, or emotional abuse or neglect, poor parenting, betrayal, drug abuse, unsolved disagreements, physical or mental health problems, different values, off-putting behavior, many reasons. There can be a negative impact of cutting ties with a family member. We can be criticized or ostracized for doing so. We may feel ashamed of having the feelings we have or feel the loss of a a role in life. While much of the research on individuals who have cut ties with family members focuses on parents who are estranged from their adult children Studies consistently show that both parents and their adult children experience a variety of consequences when the ties are severed. I know this is a while ago, but I thought the article was interesting. 2007 article in the Baltimore Sun discusses when parents hurt, compassionate strategies when you and your grown child don't get along by San Francisco family and relationship therapist, Joshua Coleman. The stories are dramatic and heartbreaking. The parent who has received that awful letter from an adult child, forbidding mom from calling or writing or telling dad that they will never speak to him again. Or in my case, the 24-year-old grandson with whom I had been so close, going from telling me how much he loved me to a couple of months later, inexplicably, calling me a monster and cutting off all contact. There's even less research available about what happens when people sever those other types of family relationships in their lives, like being a grandparent or a relationship with a sibling or in-law. We can only assume that many individuals experience very similar emotions and complications as those of the adult children and parents who cut ties with each other. Coleman offers parents a um, Uh, step-by-step way to cope and carry on, even as questions abound. He's quoted as saying, the first thing we have to do is give ourselves a chance to grieve for the child that is no longer there. Quote, sometimes the provocative way our kids respond is their way of putting stakes in the ground for their own autonomy. Don't make the mistake of defending yourself, he says. See it for what it is. The cry of a child who senses there is something wrong and decides to blame you rather than face up to his or her own shortcomings. Coleman's advice, no shaming, no guilt tripping, no childish temper tantrums, no brooding, no self-pity, no intrusive questions, no demands, no attendance requirements, no emotional blackmail, no whining, no silent treatment, no bribing. Oh dear, I think I've done all of those. He says, be available, but not needy. Be there to help and advise, but set limits. Be grateful for the attention you get from your children, but don't let it show. Don't let our love for them give them more power to hurt us. Protect your heart. My reaction to my grandson, for example, is mixed. If he were to call again one day, I've already tried to reach out to him to no avail. I'm torn between opening my heart and protecting it. I'd like to share with you now a poem by one of my favorite poets, The Journey by Mary Oliver. One day you finally knew what you had to do and began though the voices around you kept shouting their bad advice, though the whole house began to tremble and you felt the old tug at your ankles. Mend my life, each voice cried, but you didn't stop. You knew what you had to do, though the wind pried with its stiff fingers at the very foundations, though their melancholy was terrible. It was already late enough, and a wild night, and the road full of fallen branches and stones, but little by little, as you left their voice behind, the stars began to burn through the sheets of clouds, And there was a new voice, which you slowly recognized as your own, that kept you company as you strode deeper and deeper into the world, determined to do the only thing you could do, determined to save the only life that you could save. That's it for today. Thank you for listening, and I hope you have a great week you've been listening to Woman Worthy. real talk about real issues for women over 60. Tune in wherever you receive your podcasts with new episodes every Monday morning. You can leave your comments by downloading the Podbean app to your device and on the Woman Worthy Facebook page. I'm Paulette Lee. I hope you found this program worthy of your time.